Live from the 93.7 The Ticket Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, this is Inside the Huddle with Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Fires a pass, and it's intercepted by the Huskers at the 25, Jay Foreman. And Foreman takes it down to the 19-yard line of Oklahoma. Another big play by the Blackshirts. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging. Good morning. It's a little crisp morning there, uh, Harrison. Uh, appreciate everybody again. It's Inside the Huddle. Jay Foreman brought to you by, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Advanced Medical Imaging, 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. Uh, they can help remedy any and all your pain uh, ailments. They have uh, done great by me. I appreciate their support and the plan that they've uh, worked with me. Um, and will continue to work with me. It's almost like, you know, uh, Austin, for me, you know, I would tell you what, man, um, as an athlete or former athlete, obviously, uh, but, you know, I always try to tell guys, beware of your doctors just because you just never know what their intentions are. And so when you find good people, um, you tend to almost like it's like, you know, like how they say if you, uh, you know, feed us, you know, like a stray cat, they'll be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's me. I'm like, hey, I got this going on this going on i just want to like i need my own like jay foreman wing over there uh because they've done you know really good job um by me and for my body you know to kind of feel somewhat tolerable and so i you know i def- definitely never wanted to uh you know go the opioid rise but we're inside the huddle uh we are knee deep into uh football fall camp training camp nfl fall camp for colleges so we you know football is right around the corner uh, had the Hall of Fame enshrinement last night and the Hall of Fame game uh, Thursday. Uh, so this is, you know, that's officially the kind of like the kickoff to the football season, both uh, college and the pros. Uh, but, you know, obviously we're here in Lincoln. We're going to focus on Nebraska. Matt Rule finished his first week of fall camp. So it's the real deal camp. Um, you know, obviously he was here in the spring. Um, but, you know, I call that the funny time where you're just trying to get yourself introduced to the team and introduced to these uh uh fishbowl of nebraska but now you're coaching um and in in coaching for you know all the marbles this is when they're going to start keeping score and and the score is for real that means everything that you do um is you know has to be accounted for every single day every single hour every single meeting meal and he had his first six practices um from what i've been told they were uh very well organized uh physical practices Everybody got a ton of reps. Uh, he's, he's done something, um, you know, which is pretty cool to kind of up the, I guess, uh, development process in doing a little bit of a split practice that kind of flows over into each other. So everybody's getting a ton of reps. So everybody can, everybody's moving kind of more, more like how, you know, Coach Osborne and uh, what we did back in the day. So you can uh, always kind of keep that development piece going on throughout the whole season. So I'm sure during the season might be a little bit of condensed version, but you're not going to have guys uh, go weeks and months and practices without doing football activities and getting better potentially. And so what what that does is um, it gives people or makes it, you know, more onto the person or it's personally your challenge to become a better player. So, if you choose, you know, if you're not starting and, and you are on scout team for the offense, and if you're on a defensive player, 
and you don't work hard. And then when it comes time for you to play, you know, the Nebraska defense, whether you're scrimmaging or in your like condensed practice during the season, then that's your personal choice to uh, not take it seriously and not develop. And that's what, you know, Matt Rule has said. He wants everybody to come and earn it every day, come to work, you know, and uh, work isn't quote unquote work if you love what you do. You know, it's going to be hard. Nothing in, in football comes easy. And uh, from what I've been told, the camp has been, you know, they've worked them pretty hard. Um, you know, it's been, the weather's been somewhat tolerable, but it's been very humid. Um, and they've been outside the whole time. It's been a physical practice, even when they've been in half pads and they've done a, I think they did a simulated kind of scrimmage yesterday. Um, you know, came out pretty healthy, except for the only one was uh, Teddy Prohaska, you know, got a little banged up, but, uh, you know, that's kind of been his, uh, you know, bad luck since he's been here. And uh, so, you know, he's just got to get healthy so we can get out there and, you know, hopefully reach his potential. But, um, you know, my assessment of Matt Rule and staff is that they've uh, continued to, you know, be action-oriented, Harrison. And what I mean mm -hmm. by that is, look, what people – well, what we've soon came to realize here at Nebraska, when we've had new coaches, they're going to come in and win the press conference. They're going to do everything in the spring, and it's going to be kind of kumbaya. And then when it comes down to when, you know, live bullets are flying, then there is all of a sudden now everybody got excuses. The different – Matt Rule obviously probably was – of all the press conferences, I'd probably say Matt Rule was number one, Scott Frost was number two. Scott Frost, number one, Matt Rule, number two, or 1A and 1B. The difference is, is I think, if they that whole staff has been action-oriented, and that just comes from experience. Um, I will say this. They have some really good self-awareness, you know, and self-awareness is understanding where you are, the landscape of the program, <clears throat> understanding what it needs, and then trying to go about it in a – daily basis of trying to fix it or try to remedy it and that's what they've done um and you know his practices are you know kind of like a pros where you know they're very spread out but very you know detailed some half line drills very physical um and it doesn't you know you're not out there just lining up going goal line mm -hmm. for three hours it's very strategic where you got to be physical and then they back off physical then back off so hopefully it'll lead to uh, game time success. Um, the one thing that I thought was interesting, Harrison, is that when he talked about the coaches and where they're at right now, of course, you know, I think he's only spoke twice. Obviously, he spoke the first day mm -hmm. and then obviously Saturday. And, you know, he, he, he kind of, you know, one thing about Matt Rule, he knows how to, you know, or at least from my opinion, he's like knows how to back the media off a little bit. Yeah. He, so, he knows to work the mic. He knows what he's right. doing. That's one thing Scott Frost, everyone gave him a hard time about, but it, it, you, it's going to bring unnecessary pressure if you don't know how to handle the mic. And Matt Rule well, handled it well every time. They're doing it – Matt Rule's just saying it a different way. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, it doesn't have to do with Scott Frost, but just say you ask a coach and he's like, man, I'm not talking about depth charts right now. We're just trying to practice. Right? That gives you like an abrasive type of re you know answer and that's how you're going to receive it. Mm -hmm. Where he says – he said, look – I just told the coaches, I don't need you to be a GM right now. We just need you to coach. See how much easier that is to receive? How the message is the same? He essentially is telling you, I don't want to talk about the depth chart. I've told the guys that are control the depth chart just to coach and not worry about it. Right? So then that gives you something right there. And then he went into detail about the different positions and then 
what he does, if you look at it, he gives you different nuggets. The guys that he's talking about, whether it's Luke Reimer, Nick, Nick Heinrich, those guys are their leaders where they're willing to play a little bit of scout team. They talked about the defensive line. Ty Robinson talked about Nash. And then a name that, you know, he threw in there was Blaze. Gunner, you know, Gunnarsson, where he hasn't played a lot, hasn't done much, um, played well at times in spot duty. But uh, he, he talked about it. Then he talked, you know, glowingly about uh, uh, Isaac Gifford, which was interesting because, he you know, people asked him about Miles leaving, going into the transfer portal. Looked like that door has been closed. And he talked about Isaac Gifford. He talked about Singleton. He talked about Omar Brown. Um, he talked about Phelan Sanford. He talked about a, a number of guys by committee to to play not only Miles' position, but then also hold it down until Buford's fully healthy. So if you really take time and listen to what Matt Rule is saying, he'll give you some answers mm-hmm. or give you like a glimpse into the future or a glimpse into what they're thinking um, if you just take the time to listen to him. And he's not lying to you. He's just kind of just going off the cuff. He didn't have to tell you about Gifford. He didn't have to tell you about – he's telling you the reasons. He's getting you prepared for when you see 23 out there. Mm-hmm. A lot, right? Now – whether he plays well or not, that's on that's on Isaac. But as of right now, he's impressed the coaching staff enough to he's going to be out there. He said he's physical, said he's tough, said he's all in, said he's a good leader. Then he went into I don't know what thirty six inch vertical, ten foot broad jump, and all that. So he's letting you know, look, he's a four or five guy as well. So he's got so so get all the the preconceived notions about. You know, being from Lincoln Southeast and having to walk on a, or a gray shirt or whatever, you know, the previous staff did with him until he was on a scholarship. Right. He's going to be out there playing. If he's not starting, he's going to play a huge position. And he said this also. I think somebody asked him, or no, Matt Rule, like, willingly said, look, last year they had him playing more of like a linebacker, Sam. He's like, oh, no, he's, he's going to be back there and playing safety. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it t- he told you a lot with, with certain positions in reference to Miles Farmer leaving. And maybe that was part of the reason. So those conversations are different. Um, you know, yeah, I just think about that. He's he's getting called an alpha, and you realize he's playing that safety position. Right. You can kind of connect the dots. I mean, we don't know if that's why, but well, could add to it. What happens is, and, and I've only only way I've been a part. Of, well, I've been a part of it when. Uh, well, I saw it when Coach Bowl came in, but it's not to this magnitude, mm-hmm. right? Coach Steele left. Coach Bowl came in. So he, Coach Bowl had to adjust and come in with us. So that was a little different. So I can only reference when in the pros, when a coach gets fired mm-hmm. and the new staff comes in, there's always that anxiety because you know the new staff wants their type of players. But in reality, you have to understand they can't come in and just have a new team. There's not enough players. You know what I'm saying? Especially in the NFL, you're not going to be able to go to accumulate 53 new players. And get rid of good players that are here. Because mm-hmm. what people don't realize is this. Major, majority of instances where you come to a losing program or a losing franchise football-wise, they still have good players, right? So just thinking when, if you pick, you know, when Cleveland Browns, when they got a new head coach, you got Miles Garrett, Chubb. You got good players there. You just might not have a quarterback. You had some good linemen. You had like Alex Mack there. Mm-hmm. Um, some really good linemen there and, and had some other guys on defense. You just didn't have maybe the structure or guidance. And so as a, from a player's perspective, um, you're always kind of you're, – you're in that like 
no man's land until you figure it out. But you, what you have to do is have a just go in there and establish yourself over again. You got to work hard. You got to kind of be a rookie again or a freshman. You got to be first in line. You got to be first there, last out. Um, you got to play the game within the game because these coaches can, or a coach can have a get a first impression of you, and that'll be the lasting impression. And so. If if they feel like you know guys aren't all all the way in, well they know that was part of the problem. You know individual play, individual mindset. You know got you three and nine, four and eight, and the coach fired. I mean that's the way it is. Now whether that was cultivated through circumstance or the culture or just an individual choice, at the end of the day, when they've taken over this team, they don't care. They don't care about the circumstances. They want you. They're gonna want you to do what they need to do from start of when their tenure and while they're here and so if you're not in that situation or if you're not bought into that situation whether you like it love it or indifferent then you could be on the outside end because there's going to be enough guys right that are going to dive into the weight program dive in and start to do the new things that they were doing as far as the conditioning and stuff like that and, and catch up to you or pass you by. And then so when you have those conversations, if you're a said player with a coach, mm-hmm. the conversation could be a lot different than very, from the very first conversation you had with them, I'm assuming in January. Things can change that quickly, right? So you can come in, hey, I'm going to give you a chance. I know you played here before. I watched a little tape. I know you're a good player, but there's a lot of stuff you need to improve on. You know, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we do have one uh, from text line too, and uh, yeah, Spot Cow has Jay is Fleeks back. Looks like he was in scrimmage yesterday. I didn't read anything on that. Was uh, is Fleeks back? I haven't heard anything about that yet. I I had heard he was. Okay. I don't really know. Um, I wasn't there. Um, I, th- I think he was in that video though. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think he had a, that reality check. You know, got him in in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, woke him up a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, Bobby Knight said, "Look, man, it, the the bench will start to clear things up." And uh, I think he got the message. And you know, whatever he had to do outside of football, conditioning wise, I'm sure he did it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the disappointment from Matt Rule and McGuire of the way he showed up at camp. And sometimes that's all you need to kind of have a come to reality or like you know self awareness check. And so. Um, I know during camp, like when guy, somebody gets hurt, you can bring get one guy in. Yeah. So he was probably at the top of the list, and obviously with Miles being gone, he moved up even even faster. So it's good to see him back. Um, he's still got a long way to go because again, you know, we'll, we'll, Matt Rule talked about the wide receivers, right? He talked about the young guys that are just coming in. They are fast because a lot of them are track guys. They got legitimate track speed. Yeah, they got speed. Now they need to get bigger so they don't get broken half going out there against the in the Big Ten, but you know where they are. Then the veteran guys, you got you know when when you think of Xavier Betts, uh, Washington, um, Kemp, those three, and I know I'm missing another one. Um, there's another receiver that. What are the names you gave so far? So it's Xavier Betts. Yep. Kemp Washington. Um, there's another receiver he mentioned. So those are your top four, it seems mm-hmm. like right now. And so for Fleeks, was it supposed to be in that top four or five? You're on the outside looking in, and then he already told you there's going to be some young guys. And also what you don't realize is 
if somebody does well and they can use that as four games, you can kind of piece together a, a, a like a full season with your with your freshman class. Mm-hmm. Four games here, crossover. Four games for another one, crossover. Two games. Oh well, you need to get better at this, or you're struggling at this, or we don't need you at this. And then you can piece together a nice little season without uh, messing up the flow of the offense. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's where Fleeks, I wouldn't say he's in trouble, but you got to really work, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have to really dedicate. Like, son, today is not a day off for him. First of all, you ain't done nothing all week. Yeah, okay? you're playing catch-up already. You're playing catch-up. So today is a catch-up. This ain't a day for you to sit there and relax because you played in a, in a, in a simulated scrimmage. And so uh, – you know, it, it, it's a it, it's it's an intense time. I think as it, you know, it'll be interesting to take what Coach Rule said yesterday mm-hmm. and compare it to next Saturday, and then the following Saturday. You you start to, not that he his message is going to be different, like his body. I mean, he's still going to be him, but it's going to be more and more intense. He's been through this before. He knows yeah. the first week of camp getting your feet wet, coaching everybody the same. They already know who had a good summer or a great summer. He feels very calm. He's been, he feels very confident in it. Um, he's told me personally that these guys deserve to win because they actually have a good locker room of, of That's guys. That's what I like. To, I like to be talking about the seniors. Well, not the seniors, but the upper class. Oh, yeah, older guys. Saying they're tired of it. Like, they're sick and tired of it, too. Like, I don't have to get on these guys about changing their ways like they're willing to be coached because they're right. tired of it too so that was kind of you know I think the blend in the locker room is coming together pretty well it sounds like you got enough veteran and the young guys right. um, then listen to Anthony Grant talk about the running backs I don't know if you caught that but he was just talking every single one of us is going to be a threat so it kind of lets me know like the running back room's mind's right like they're all rooting for each other which is good to see but we do got a couple more from text line I want to get to yeah mine and Nona what's the I gotta you got to sign me in here during the break okay over the break yeah. I'll plug you in real quick but uh Seven five four three asked what happened to Teddy Prohaska. I did hear he got a setback. Yeah, I believe he did uh, get hurt. And Matt Rule said it's something too serious. He should be back for Week One, so we shouldn't miss any games or anything. Um, and then Nebraska ball fan was it Isaiah Garcia Castaneda? Was that the fourth yes, one? Yes, that's IGC. the fourth one. Yes, Thank I you, appreciate that. Fan. Yeah, I I, I should have. There's two guys that uh, left and came back. Yeah. As far as Teddy, I don't know what it was. He didn't get any specifics, which. I respect about Coach Rule, and obviously you want to make sure to, you know, um, who knows, it might have been an ankle or something like that. For But for him to be be back and, and potentially be available for the first game lets you know it's it's not something that's yeah. going to, you know, shelve him for uh, a lot of, you know, a long period of time. So that's good. Um, you, you know, the just what they're doing now and, and where they're going with it is, is – uh, led by those older, you know, guys now, whether they're seniors or COVID seniors or COVID juniors. And, you know, Harrison, you weren't here, but when I was down on the team and I was talking to, you know, in the offseason, I, you know, I, I was I was telling, you know, on the radio with Old School and, and any other shows where I, from my perspective, that when these young guys, when the young guys came in mm-hmm. and there were some older guys, not all of them, the, some older guys were on their own plan and they were faking it till they make it. I mean, they were they knew how to make it look like they were working hard. They they said all the right things and made it look like they you know they could say all you know the things. They really weren't team oriented guys. 
but it's great because they were great, great quotes and all that. But then you had these young guys, right, that really, really wanted to win and knew some of the things that they were seeing weren't right, but they weren't in position to say anything or even to change it, right? Because they just had the guy, older guys had it set. Now you have the, now these are the older guys. Mm -hmm. So where you could be in a really good position is if Nebraska could somehow get to a bowl game this year, led by these older guys, these younger guys see the work, then you'll start churning out, you know, consistent uh, seasons. And, and, you know, whether it's Nick Heinrich, Luke, uh, Luke Reimer, Isaac Gifford, um, you know, Ty Robinson, Quentin Newsom. You can't forget about Quentin. I think Quentin Newsom is 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 a guy on this on this defense that's probably your best defensive player that doesn't get talked about enough. You don't hear about him much. Yeah. He played the best last year, most consistently all year. Uh, he he played really consistent the year before. Um, that that's a dude that really wants to win and knows what's right and what's wrong and is a worker and has, and has gotten better. Um, when you got and you Buford, even though he's hurt, is still the leader back there. He is an ultimate football player. He's a kind of I call him a Swiss Army knife. He can play slot. He can play either safety in the box. He'll play special teams every day. You know when he walks through those doors, he's competing. That's what you want. And he's a he's a great locker room guy. And he's a great kid. And it was, you know what I mean. So he's a mm -hmm. guy that's a glue guy that every coach, no matter. If it's Urban Meyer coming in here or Matt Rule or Jay Foreman, you know, like I keep saying, like you got good players and good people in this locker room. So if you think you're going to come in and just jettison 120 guys or 100 guys and think you're going to get 100 new ones and think you're just going to start, you know, winning trophies, that's it. You got to really dissect who wants to be here. And so you have some guys that are there and want to be here and see Nebraska get back to where it's at. And that's what um, I think. You also, I continue to do it, give uh, credit to, you know, Mickey Joseph and staff or the new staff that took over halfway through the season or three quarters of the season. Uh, Mickey Joseph, Bill Bush, and all those guys, Kenny Wilhite, they did a really good job of refocusing these guys, um, holding them accountable. I mean, obviously they would have liked to have been here, and obviously there's other situations that probably led to, the, you know, them not being here. Um, but they coached these guys the right way, both by accountability and what they went about for the last eight weeks that set it up literally on a on a platter for, for Matt Rule and staff to come in and have a pretty smooth transition. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you – I mean, that's – a lot of times when you have a coach get fired in week three or after week three, defensive coordinator week four gone, two kind of guys that have been there and, Place, you know, some players felt very clo close to emotionally. We've seen Ernest Hausman was already pretty much thinking about the portal once Frost yeah. and Shenander was gone, and also Coach Rude. Um, that then you have an intern coach in Mickey Joseph who galvanized not only the team but the whole state. There's some things that went on outside of the football stuff that, you know, didn't help out, obviously. And then Matt Rule being named the coach, I think, within 24 hours after you finally mm -hmm. beat Iowa – that's a lot of transition. Generally, it's like I would say, like sometimes when stuff like that happens in the pros, it's like you turn the lights on and the roaches just scatter, just everybody just leaves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, in this case, you know, a few, you know, some guys went to the pros when they probably shouldn't, and so forth and so on. But then when you have good guys in there, they st they're sticking it out and they're seeing it. And they, yeah, there's probably some. Even though some of the guys that stuck out, they're probably in the wait. They were waiting to see. I think as time has went on, like Matt Rule said, and also he's di he's done, 
is as much as those players have to earn his trust, he's gotta he's gotta earn they he's gotta earn their trust, right? Man yeah. of his word. Um, one thing that was really interesting, I don't know who said it, um, but it was right after like winter conditioning and in in, in spring is like we've seen Coach Rule more than we've seen the the past coach in in a month than four years, which is every day they're seeing him. So you got to think, Harrison, if I'm trying to get a message through to you, right, or I'm in me, I'm delivering, I want you to be this, I want you to buy this, and you see me every day, that's just getting etched into your mind and into your into your body and how you uh, work every day. So, um, in, you know, in conclusion, the first week was pretty good. Uh, they got a day off today. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting if everybody stayed in the dorms today or they scatter back to their – Apartments for a day. Yeah, Matt uh-huh. Rule must have went back on his word. Did you see with the water balloon? I can't remember which player it was. Player broke the water balloon over his head, and he said, "No off day this week." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I think they they have today off, and so they got a little rest and relaxation. But if you, I'm gonna tell you what: when you have a day off in camp uh, before we go to break, this day goes by so quick. It's like the oh, clock, I believe it. The, the clock, work they're putting in, the clock goes by uh-huh. fast. You're thinking like, oh, I got a whole day to rest. And, Pretty soon it's going to be 6 p.m. and they're going to be thinking about, uh, you know, thinking about Monday. So um, this is Jay Foreman inside the huddle brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging. We're going to take a break and they're going to come back and talk about Big Ten expansion, the ACC, what they're going to do. I don't know if we call them, just call them the PAC conference now. There's only four, right? Yeah, it's limping along. Yeah, it's, it's limping something. along. And if the SEC is going to make additions along with the Big 12, Jay Foreman will be right back.